All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Newt News. Today, we're going to be recapping uh, the recent series against the Braves, which, as most of you guys know, was a tough one. Uh, but then we're also going to be previewing a very exciting series against the Brewers, our in-division rivals, who we're currently three games behind. So this is a big series. Um, yeah, let's get right into it. So we figured we'd go around and we'd share uh, some big takeaways from this series. Uh, I think right away, Andrew had something for us about Miles Michaelis. Yeah, so I think the key right now um, is to not panic with Miles Michaelis. Uh, he's mm. obviously struggled through his first two starts. Uh, gave up a lot of runs, I think ERA over nine. Um, but I think the key to, number to look at is his FIP, which is uh, currently at 266. So FIP mm. is fielding independent pitching. Um, it's a very good projection of what a pitcher is going to look like in the future. Um, maybe not as good at projecting um, stats that are currently there, obviously, because his ERA is much higher than his FIP. But um, we've seen just based on the eye test, he's given up some pretty weak contact. Um, some ground balls are sneaking through, some little pop-ups are falling. Um, and he hasn't given up a home run yet. Um, it doesn't walk a lot of batters. So I think overall, uh, Cardinal fans just need to, to chill out a little bit with Miles Michaelis, let it play out. Um, he said it himself, uh, I think in a post-game interview, he's just going to trust the process and want to keep going. And I think, uh, we should all believe that he'll fi figure it out and fix it, um, hopefully in this next start, which is against Colorado. So maybe not, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. It's not great that this pitching staff is going to Colorado soon. Um, but I, I love what you're saying there. I totally agree. I think it's not time to panic yet on Michaelis. I know he just signed that big extension, uh, but as Andrew said, he, he really has looked good. The batted ball data has been really encouraging in the first start of the season. So that was opening day against the blue Jays. It was kind of this death by a thousand cuts type of thing where, I mean, the Blue Jays were just able to sort of slap stuff around. Lots of weak contact shouldn't have gone for base hits, and it does. That's how baseball works, you know. Um, but regression to the mean is going to be Michaelis's friend. I mean, a, a fun stat from that game is George Springer had a five-hit day, didn't hit a single ball over 85 miles an hour. That just isn't going to happen very often. Um, and it's it's unfortunate that it happened to Michaelis in the first start of the season. Um, it's unfortunate that it little, kind of carried over into this next one. But I think he's going to be all right. I really like the quality of contact he's allowed. Um, still not walking people, still showing a lot of control. So I think he's going to be fine moving forward. Yeah, and in, in terms of our other pitching situations, I feel like Michaelis has, has looked the best out of all the pitchers. Um, and Flaherty, you know, he had a weird outing. He had seven walks in his game, uh, but no hits in his five innings. Um, so we'll, we're looking forward to see what he's going to do in his next start. But Overall, uh, the, our starting pitching has not been great these first few games, um, but our bullpen has looked great. And uh, one one person who has really looked good is Verhagen, who um, who hasn't who's actually been throwing the ball for strikes quite a lot and getting some swing and miss contact. So uh, we're looking good there. Yeah, definitely very excited to see what Verhagen brings to the table this year. He's a guy who we signed last off season. Um, and last year was his first year with St. Louis coming off, uh, coming from overseas. Right. I believe he was in Japan and people were not initially excited and they thought he would fit into that long role. Um, and he got a major league deal two years. So I think he's getting paid like 4 million a year, something like that. Right. And yeah, people just didn't love the returns last year. It looked like one of those mo moves where it's just like, what are we doing here? Like kind of this TJ McFarlane type of move, like uh, Luke Gregerson, Brett Cecil type thing, or it's just an unnecessary signing. Um, but I think this year you're seeing what Verhagen can actually be. I think it's obvious now that he wasn't healthy last year. Um, and he's also made some big changes to his arsenal. 
go check out. There's an article on him at Viva Albertos. Definitely worth a read. Really good stuff over there. Um, and, and they really break down his arsenal and they tell you he's made some big changes and that's resulted in some awesome swing and miss stuff. And he looks like he could be a lockdown reliever this year. Super excited about what he brings to the table right now. Um, I think we all had um, pretty low expectations for Burhag in this season, but I mean, I, Jordan Hicks was a guy that I wanted to see um, kind mm. of this season and break out. I think he's in one of the last two years of his deal or the last year of his deal. Um, yeah. So we, we haven't seen that at all. Um, we've seen that he can throw 103, which is great. Um, but if you can't throw for a strike or if you throw right down the middle, it doesn't really matter because you're either going to walk everyone or the guys are going to hit it out. Um, so I've been pretty disappointed um, in him this season. And I think, I think the coaching still believes in him to, to do, to do well. And I don't know, every time I've seen Hicks go out this season, he's, it's been really shaky and he's given up runs um, either giving up the lead or like making it harder for us to come back. I think for the first game of the series, uh, he gave up a couple more runs um, and made it come back a lot harder. And I think O'Neill had, had a ball that almost left. And, you know, if, if Hicks doesn't give up those runs and O'Neill hits that ball out, the game's tied. So, uh, you know, it, it's a little frustrating with, with things like that. Yeah. I think Hicks is someone who it's just disappointing because when he came up, you know, he, he skipped a couple levels of the minors and comes onto the roster. He's this guy that throws one Oh five back then. Um, and everybody's excited about it, but yeah, he's just been the type of guy who every time it seems like he's finally reaching his potential, something happens. I mean, he was closing back in 2019, I believe, uh, when he went down, missed the rest of the season, then had a lot of injury concerns and hasn't really been healthy until last year when they tried to throw him into the rotation. And that obviously didn't work. And it's just a bummer to see him come out this year, not looking super strong. I mean, yeah, like you said, he throws 103 right now. Um, his velocity's back up where we want it, but it's a shockingly hitting or a shockingly hittable 103 mile an hour fastball, you know, for someone with all of that, all of that, you know, ability to put so much velocity behind the ball, it, it can get absolutely torched. Um, I, I don't really know what it is. I, I was reading something about it recently and they were talking about his active spin rate is not as good as most people who are throwing above a hundred. Um, I think it's a pretty flat pitch and I don't think it tunnels super well, uh, with his off speed. So that could be part of it, but you know, more than anything, it's just disappointing. Um, we're obviously rooting for Hicks and we want the best for him, but it looks like he's the type of guy that right now we can't trust in high leverage positions. So I would say he's not in the bullpen circle of trust. <laughs> No, no, definitely not. I think um, it's fixable, though. Like, Helsley, I think, was like that a couple of years ago, and, and he absolutely it. He found it. We just know Jordan Hicks is going to go to the Dodgers next year, and he's going to be an all-star closer for them. So, you know, that's just how that works. But I don't know. I, I hope not. We'll see what happens. I, I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> and then uh, our final takeaway from this first series, uh, don't worry about the offense. You know, um, the offense didn't look fantastic from the surface. Uh, in this series, we lost all three games. We, we obviously got outscored in all three games. Um, and we didn't put up as many runs as we did in the first three games against the blue Jays, which was bound to happen. You're not going to score nine runs every day, but this offense continued to mash. They continued to hit the ball hard. Um, they just didn't find holes and that's the way baseball works. You know, um, like we said about Michaelis, there's going to be some regression to the mean for these guys too. Jordan Walker is not going to keep hitting 114 mile an hour ground outs and 114 mile an hour lineouts. You know, that's going to find a hole that's going to get through. And we saw that in the third game, we saw Jordan Walker start to elevate the ball just a little bit and he mashed. That was awesome. Great to see him collect his first extra base hits. So yeah, I think the offense, honestly, I think it's going to be fine. Um, you, you can go down 
now MLB at bat has a new option where you can, in summary, check out hard hit balls. And if you look at that, the Cardinals registered more hard hit balls than the Braves, uh, which is anything batted over 95 miles an hour in all three games. So we hit the ball harder than them. Um, just didn't put it in the right spot. You know, Orlando Arcia's pop-up drops for a double down the left field line. And then uh, Harris makes an unbelievable play on Goldie's sharp fly out to center field that traveled 400 feet and got taken down uh, off the wall. So it's just some bad luck. The offense is going to be just fine. And I think we're going to score plenty of runs against the Brewers this series. Yeah. I mean, in terms of our offense, like, I just think we had a lot of bad luck in this past series and uh, a lot of our, a lot of our guys showed that they could hit the ball hard, especially Jordan Walker. You know, he had his first home run, his first career home run this series. Um, so I think, you know, we just need to go into this next series with a grain of salt and knowing that uh, luck will go, will go our way at some point and we just have to stick with it, stick with our team. Yeah, the Cardinals are hitting the ball as hard as anybody across the league right now. Um, our team hard hit rate is crazy. They're, they're putting, you know, tons of speed behind it. And that stuff finds holes. You know, there's, there's a very strong correlation between exit velocity and runs scored. And so it's going to balance back out. If we continue to mash, we'll continue to score. Hopefully the pitching can do its job. <laughs> now, there is one guy on the offense who a lot of people think is going to be a big part of this team. Uh, a little bit of controversy in this series that we wanted to touch on. So the play in question, Tyler O'Neill's on second base and a ball gets hit the other way. Um, and it's hit pretty hard directly at Acuna. Pop Warner waves O'Neill home. For those of you who haven't seen the play, go look at it. Go look at it on Twitter. There's plenty of above field angles, on field angles. Um, but Acuna throws at 93 miles an hour from right field, throws an absolute pellet to the plate and um, O'Neill's tagged out without a plate. Now, a lot of people instantly go back and look at the video and say, ah, O'Neill's loafing, he's jogging. I don't know. He still registered a, a pretty fast sprint speed, which is pretty elite. But Andrew, you take me through this and tell me what you think. Um, yeah, there's been speculation that O'Neill was, was not running as hard because um, he is trying to avoid injury, which is understandable. Mm -hmm. He's been injury plagued last season. Um, definitely was disappointing uh, to see him uh, get like not play a full season last year and we want to see him play a full season this year yeah um but i think on a scoring play like that you got to run hard um you're being waved home by the third base coach and there's no real excuse behind it do i think ollie should have called him out in front of like the entire media and like made it a lot bigger than it probably should have been not really but he's trying to establish a precedent um that we hustle in this clubhouse and we've lost a couple of like leaders recently um who have just like retired and we, we kind of want to establish that precedent again um, in the clubhouse. And we also have a lot of outfielders fighting for, for starting jobs. So I don't know. It makes sense to maybe sit O'Neill for a game or two, just to let him know that we expect that kind of hustle, but I don't, I don't think he should have necessarily like called him out towards the media like that. Um, wasn't the most, like, it's probably not the best for clubhouse culture, probably not the best um, just in general. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I think Ali mishandled that situation. I think that conversation should have taken place behind closed doors and not in front of the media. I mean, it just, he kind of made O'Neill look bad in front of the entire uh, media. So I, I don't think that, um, I think he mishandled that and he should have reconsidered how he should have gone about it. Yeah, I mean, basically the comments that Ali made where he, he immediately addressed it, for those of you who don't know the context, um, and he had some pretty harsh words, which prompted a response from O'Neill. Um, and we had O'Neill saying, you know, I'm out here, you know, grinding my ass off, doing everything I can to stay healthy. And that was not, you know, 
that, that escalated it further. And there were more comments the next day where, uh, and all in all, it escalated way more than it should have. And so I think we need to understand, like, this is blown out of proportion. And I understand where O'Neill's coming from too. As Andrew said, like, he's had some injury problems the last few years and all we want is to see O'Neill healthy. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe he pulls a hammy coming down the line like that if he tries to tear around third, but also like, that's a big part of his game. Speed is a huge part of O'Neill's game. And if he can't do that, like we need to reevaluate something else with maybe training or something like that. And so I understand where both sides are coming from. But yeah, I love what Gravy said there about just don't make guys look bad in front of the media and then don't fire back, you know, have these conversations behind closed doors, handle this professionally. That's been the Cardinal way forever. I don't want us to depart from that now. Um, there have also been some trade rumors surrounding O'Neill that's recently surfaced that said this offseason, uh, the Marlins and, and Cardinals had talks regarding O'Neill. Uh, we, we can only imagine that was that the Cardinals wanted some pitching um, in return for that. So yeah. do, you think, do you think there's a possibility that O'Neill gets moved now after this conflict or uh, who from the Marlins would you ask for them? Probably not Sandy Alcantara. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to have Sandy back, but I don't think that's happening. Uh, I think Jesus Lazardo might be a name the Marlins could move on from considering he's a little older than the rest of their pitching. They still don't have the position player talent um, to win right now before he's going to be up and out. And then they'll move on to their younger, more exciting prospects like Meyer and uh, Cabrera who aren't going anywhere for anyone wondering, but I think Lazardo could be a name and Lazardo had a good year last year when he was healthy. He looks pretty effective right now. I don't know though. And also like judging. So Lopez, I think is probably better than Luzardo right now. I'd rather have Pablo Lopez than Jesus Luzardo. And I think O'Neill is a more game changing hitter than Arias. Arias might bat 320, but Arias isn't going to hit for a lot of power. And at the end of the day, isn't going to be worth as much value as O'Neill. So I think we could get Luzardo and something, maybe a bullpen arm too, maybe something else. Um, Cause I think O'Neill one for one with Luzardo is worth more than him. So, and, and basing on precedent and, uh, you know, deals that the Marlins have made recently. That's the going value that I see for, for a guy like Tyler. Yeah. So going back to that, I think there is precedence for a guy in the outfield to be traded for a pitcher. I mean, we saw it with uh, Harrison Bader last season at the, de- at the deadline uh, and getting Jordan Montgomery. Um, I do think Luzardo would be a great pickup. Um, if we did decide to trade O'Neill. he has immaculate strikeout stuff. We saw at the start of the season and last season as well. Um, but it is important to note that the, uh, Marlins trade rumors were in the off season. They aren't recent rumors, uh, but they, you know, with this controversy surrounding O'Neill and Ollie, I mean, they could start to heat back up again. So we'll have to keep our eyes out on that. Absolutely. Uh, I think now we're going to move into previewing the Brewers series. So like we said earlier, big series this weekend up in Milwaukee. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's been a pretty bad start for the Cardinals now factoring in this brave series. We're two and four. The Brewers, meanwhile, just are coming off a sweep of the Mets. They are red hot. Their offense looked dominant. Their pitching staff looked effective. They're currently five and one. Um, so we're going to preview each of the games. Andrew's going to have that for you. Uh, and then we'll throw in some predictions and talk about what we want to see. All right. So for game one, which is going to be tonight, uh, that's Flaherty versus uh, Brandon Woodruff. It should be interesting. Uh, Brandon Woodruff, former Scion candidate. And got some yeah. injury problems last year, but has looked pretty good in his first start of uh, this season. Um, tomorrow, we got Montgomery versus Lauer. Um, and on Sunday, Woodruff, or not Woodruff, Woodford versus uh, Freddie Peralta. So mm. 
should be fairly interesting. Um, I think we got, we avoided Corbin Burns, which I don't know if that's a good thing anymore because he didn't look too strong in his first two starts. But um, we got two top ones in Woodruff and Peralta. And I think Lauer, we handled pretty well last year. So I'm not too worried about him. I think we'll be able to hit off Lauer. I definitely worry about uh, Peralta, but in the past, the Cardinals have owned him. So we'll see. And he, he had a down year last year. But if you go back to 2021, he was he was awesome. So we'll we'll just have to see. Yeah. So um, what do you guys think is going to happen? We'll we'll get, start with gravy. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm hoping for uh, a sweep of the Brewers at home. I mean, that's the best case scenario. Um, but you know, I think it it'll be a close matchup. The Brewers' offense has looked incredible, especially with their rookies uh, like Garrett Mitchell and um, Joey Weimer. Yeah, Joey. Yeah, they they both have looked great. Um, yeah. So we'll have to keep an eye out on them. And obviously, I think the name of the game is us watching our pitching. I think we have to um, hopefully our pitching will perform better than it did last last series. Um, so we'll have to keep our eyes out on that. Yeah, I agree. I think the biggest key to this series is getting a couple clean innings from your starters, right? So the starters, I believe, last I saw, they've pitched a combined 29 innings now which in six games is less than five in these games. So that's not great. But <laughs> of those 29 innings, only four have been, you know, clean one, two, three innings. You'd love to see a couple of those, uh, especially to start off. You'd love to see Flaherty just go out there, get a clean first inning. Um, you know, and, and also in the first two innings, Cardinal starters ERA is over 10 right now, which just, that's really bad. <laughs> and there's not a really positive way to frame that. Um, there's been a lot, especially Woodford in his first two innings, a lot of hard contact, even in Flaherty's first two innings where he didn't allow runs, lots of walks. So tonight, especially with Jack, it's going to be about control. You don't want to see him walk the farm. I don't know. Uh, I will be honest. I'm pretty nervous about this series. Uh, I've got the Cardinals only taking home one of the three games and I'm normally a pretty home, like, you know, positive Homer type guy, but the Brewers offense seems locked in. They're not getting the top of our rotation. Um, we're still having to face Woodruff and Peralta. Their rookies look good. Jesse Winker is back in the central and feels at home. I'm a little worried. I've got one and two. What do you guys have? I think we could take the series. I think today is a terrible game for the Cardinals. I think they pretty much have to win or else the fans are just going to start panicking like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. Fair, but also we're six games in. Uh, it should be okay. Uh, usually do play their best baseball in the second half anyway. So um, I'm hoping Flaherty just limits the walks because other than that, he looked pretty okay. He can't get away with walking seven guys again and giving up no runs. It's just not yeah. going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I think I, I think a sweep is pretty much off the table. Um, it would be really nice, but um, I think two out of three – it should be reasonable. I'm not that high on the Brewers. Yeah, I have to agree with Andrew. I, I'm hoping for, uh, you know, the series win, obviously, but uh, we'll have to see what happens this, uh, this weekend. Yeah, I like what Andrew said. Tonight truly is the pivotal game. Um, the, the cards just have to get it done tonight. That's all there is to it. You need Flaherty to go five or six strong, get it to the bullpen. Um, and we've seen the bullpen locked down. So it can be okay. We can get it done. Um, I'd love to see Helsley pick up a save tonight. <laughs> a little bit of a rocky start to the season for him, especially after a tough ending uh, against Philadelphia, which we all remember. So I would love to see him get a save. 
And then obviously we're going to have our hit streak picks um, for this series up on our social media. So please follow those. I believe Andrew lost his the other day. So he's back at zero. I think you should have lost yours too. Your, your uh, pick was Nolan Gorman and his only hit was his little loop double pop up. Like that doesn't, but that hardly counts, man. It was scored Donovan as a hit. Walk, so like he, it was I scored it, as a hit. It I counts. <laughs> I think it should have been an error, but I mean, I, I have Nolan Gorman in fantasy. Sorry, I can't hear points. you from zero. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. There. All right. Yeah, we'll have that for you guys tonight, though. Um, and then also, we're just going to do one thing real quick. We're going to look at uh, who we think are going to be the top performers from this series or who's going to be critical moving forward. For me, uh, I alluded to it earlier. I think it's going to be Ryan Hells, or uh, I think it's going to be Helsley. You know, he is absolutely critical to success in this series. If he picks up his first save, that means the Cardinals got to win at least. Uh, I'd love to see him pitch two or three nights. I'd love to see him get a couple chances because that means we've got leads late in games and we're bringing in the big guns to protect it. Um, I think he's going to look great. I think he's going to be dominant. And I think he picks up his first save this series. I think I think Helsley had a save in, in the Blue Jays series, actually. But um, did he actually? Yeah, I think he did. Um, what in the second game? You might be right. Yeah, it was the first game that he blew. Yeah. You might be right. I'll have to check that out. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely want to see more of Helsley. Uh, we haven't seen him in in a hot second. Um, I think Jordan Walker still needs to stay hot. Um, mm. We've seen him hit the ball really hard. I think OPS in the nine hundreds. Um, if if he can get it going and maybe move up a couple of spots in the lineup, I don't really want to see him batting seventh or eighth anymore. Um, I think he could very easily bat second um, with his speed um, and his hard contact setting the table for for Goldie and Arenado. Uh, I still I still want to see see what he can do because we've had a small sample size and we're all getting really excited, but I want to see more. Yeah, and for me, I I'm actually very excited to see the Contreras versus Contreras matchup mm-hmm. versus William, and I think. I think Wilson's going to hit his first home run as a Cardinal in this mm-hmm. series at Amfam Field. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to. That would be look back at William behind the dish and be like, ah, oh, look at look at that. <laughs> Still better. That'd be awesome. We would love to see that. And you are right. Helsley did register his first save of the season uh, in Game Two, but that was so long ago after that awful Brave series. It certainly feels like it was last year. Um, so I think he'll pick up a save anyway. I think he'll get two saves if we get two wins. So I would love to see that happen. Um, but yeah, as we said earlier, we'll have our hit streak picks ready for you and we'll be back, um, next week, same time to give you another preview.